This is your Times Daily World Briefing for Friday the 1st of July. I'm Victoria Mitzi. And I'm Laura Cook. As Hong Kong's new leader is sworn in, the Chinese president says it's no change to the city's governance. And a vigil takes place along the US-Mexico border to honour migrant truck tragedy victims. The Times of London. It's been 25 years since the UK handed over control of Hong Kong to China. Britain is part of Hong Kong's history, and Hong Kong is part of Britain's history. We are also part of each other's future. We are confident that the ties between us will not only endure, but will continue to develop. That was Prince Charles speaking at the handover ceremony in 1997. Now, as Chinese President Xi Jinping makes a rare visit to Hong Kong to lead celebrations marking the anniversary, he says Hong Kong's been reborn from the ashes. He's defended the one country, two systems political status following recent international criticism, saying there's no reason to change it. Over the past 25 years, with the full support of the motherland and the joint efforts by the Hong Kong Special Administrative Region Government and all sectors of society, the practice of one country, two systems has achieved success in Hong Kong. And this is recognized by the world. Under one country, two systems, the way Hong Kong's supposed to be governed allows for a high degree of autonomy and protects freedom of speech and assembly and other rights not found in mainland China. But there's been criticism in recent years of Beijing's increasing control of Hong Kong. In 2020, China introduced a controversial national security law that's seen free speech and dissent in Hong Kong being clamped down on. It prompted Britain to accuse China of violating the one country, two systems principle and their agreement. Former police officer, now chief executive John Lee, further emphasised the rule of law as being fundamental to the financial hub's success in his speech. The rule of law is the cornerstone and fundamental value of Hong Kong's success. After the return of Hong Kong, the basic law has guaranteed the rights and freedoms of the Hong Kong people, as well as the independence of the judiciary and the right of final adjudication. Hong Kong's legal system ranks 19th in the world, ahead of many European and American countries. At the swearing-in ceremonies, all officials, including Xi, wore masks and didn't shake hands. Lee, sanctioned by Washington over his role in implementing the security law, takes charge as the city's facing an exodus of people and talent amid some of the toughest COVID-19 restrictions in the world. Now to the US-Mexico border, where a vigil's been held to honour the victims of the migrant truck tragedy and the hundreds of migrants who die while trying to reach the United States. Immigrant activists stood in front of white crucifixes with candles holding up banners reading Stop the Immigration Policies that Kill Migrants and a Stop to Murderous Migrant Policies. Advocates blame the migrant deaths on the militarisation of the border and hardline immigration policies. The US Supreme Court on Thursday gave a major boost to President Joe Biden's drive to end a hardline immigration policy, which begun under his predecessor Donald Trump. 
The policy forced tens of thousands of migrants to stay in Mexico to await US hearings on their asylum claims. Yvonne Diaz from the group Undocumented 915 says it doesn't go far enough. That's a small win. We are grateful, but still that's only that not even the tip of the iceberg. Like there's so much more that needs to be done and Biden and the Democrats and Congress need to take action. In a five to four ruling authored by Chief Justice John Roberts, the justices overturned a lower court's decision requiring Biden to restart Trump's Remain in Mexico policy after the Republican-led states of Texas and Missouri sued to maintain the programme. The ruling bolsters Biden as he pursues what he calls a more humane approach at the southern border, even as Republicans blame him for what they view as an immigration crisis. During the vigil, migrant Irma Lycon said migrants didn't travel to the US to commit crimes, but only wanted to find work and send money back home. Muy triste porque viene uno. Very sad because you travel with a great need. Our only crime is to have needs, but we don't come to steal, to commit crimes, but to work, to help our families. Each one of these crossings does not represent one person. There are families, children, siblings behind all of this, behind each person who has just died. The number of migrants caught crossing the US-Mexico border has reached record highs recently. Republicans say the Remain in Mexico policy effectively deterred unlawful migration. On the way, a rocket attack on a residential building in Ukraine and a marble bust of Napoleon surfaces after two centuries. The Times of London. We head now to Ukraine, where at least 18 people are believed to have been killed in a rocket strike on a residential building in the city of Odessa. 30 people, including children, have been wounded in the attack, according to Ukraine's Ministry for Internal Affairs, with more still thought to be trapped under rubble. It's thought the missile strike came from a strategic aircraft from the Black Sea. Times of London reporter Ashgold Krushaniski said the attack could be Russian revenge for the Ukrainians taking back the strategic Snake Island. It lies about 20 miles off Ukraine's coast, but because of its position, whoever holds it can um, control um, sea lanes in the Black Sea um, and also when the Russians hold it, they could use it as a, um, as a position from which to um, launch missile attacks on the Ukrainian coast. The nine-storey apartment building and a resort facility are now debris. Ukrainian MP Oleksiy Goncharenko is chair of the Odessa Regional Council in Kyiv. He agreed it could be a revenge attack. They retreated from the Snake Island where their military units were destroyed together with their weaponry. They called it yesterday gesture of goodwill. Goodwill and Russia is not something which can be combined together in one sentence, unfortunately. Now to a missing Bulgarian woman who's been added to the FBI's list of its 10 most wanted fugitives. Ruzha Ignatova, also known as the Crypto Queen, is accused of defrauding investors out of $4 billion through a company called OneCoin. In 2014, OneCoin began offering buyers commission if they sold the currency on to more people. But FBI agents say OneCoin was worthless and was never safeguarded by the blockchain technology used by other cryptocurrencies. It's been described as one of the largest Ponzi schemes in history. 
Ignatova disappeared in 2017, boarding a flight from Bulgaria to Greece and hasn't been seen since. The Times Daily World Briefing. Sport. Now with the latest from Wimbledon, here's John Jackson. World tennis number one Iga Swiatek and men's second seed Rafa Nadal are both through to the third round of Wimbledon. Sriantek dropped a set but eventually came back to beat Dutch player Leslie Patinama Kukove and extend her winning streak to 37 matches. Meanwhile, Spanish Grand Slam record holder Nadal kept his hopes of a calendar slam alive with a four-set win over Lithuania's Ricardas Berankis. Australian Nick Kyrgios will meet world number five Stefanos Tsitsipas from Greece in the third round, but one shock was Czech Karolina Pliskova crashing out to Britain's Katie Bolter. The crowd were also thrilled by the progression of local favourites Liam Brodie and Heather Watson. The Times Daily World Briefing. Entertainment. And the unmistakable sound of Frank Zappa. The Universal Music Group's agreed to buy the legend's back catalogue of music, unpublished material, films and the right to his likeness. The financial details of the deal between Universal and the Zappa Trust, run by his children, have not been revealed. The two organisations have worked together for a decade on re-releasing his albums. The Zappa Family Trust said in a statement that it was a fruitful partnership that's resulted in exponential growth. And finally, it's been lost for 200 years, but now the oldest known sculpture of Napoleon Bonaparte has been discovered. The marble bust was commissioned by Napoleon in 1797, but after losing value following the Battle of Waterloo, it was finally sold and sent from Geneva to England. It then disappeared without trace until 2019, when an unknown buyer bought it at a French art market. Art historians have been studying the bust for the past year and with the help of archival documents, it's been found to be the former emperor, making it the oldest existing sculpture of him. It's due to be sold at Sotheby's in London in July with an upper estimate of £180,000. This podcast from The Times is brought to you in partnership with Google Podcasts.